comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Understanding the power of offerings. Somebody say, understanding the power of offerings. Understanding the power of offerings. Now, you see, when it comes to offerings, there are a lot of thoughts and all kinds of things that are said. The Bible is one book. I have always tried my best to relate to the Bible as one book because it's one book. It has one author. Every book has an author. Every book has an author. The Bible was not authored by different people. The Bible was authored by one person. The Bible says all scripture was given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. So God's word is profitable. Given by the spirit of God and is profitable. The scriptures are profitable in all areas. There are times where people pick and choose. They say this one is of the Old Testament. This one is the New Testament. But you see, both are all relevant. Praise God. Let me show you a scripture in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Most of the time when we go to the Old Testament, we see a lot of examples. There are practical examples because the Old Testament, we see how God practically related with individuals. How he dealt with individuals. How people approached him and how God responded to them. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord. I change it not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Praise God. This is what the Bible says. Everything written in the scriptures. Somebody say everything written in the scriptures. Or say it aloud. Everything written in the scriptures. Was written to what? Was written to what? Teach us. Everything written was written to teach us. Everything. Everything. Now, you see, when you see that you are talking about scriptures, 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 in the New Testament in particular, usually when they talk about scripture, they are talking about the Old Testament. Praise God. The Old Testament. When Paul was around and he was writing this letter, there was nothing like New Testament. So, when Paul spoke about the scripture, he was not Speaking about uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, or one of them. He was referring to the Old Testament. And he said, all scripture, those that are written in the Old Testament, are written for our instruction. 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 And when we go into the Old Testament, there are a lot of instructions about offerings. And how God relates to them. And as a foundation... In the first teaching before we began, because I'm doing the last teaching, so I will recap the first teaching, then I will zoom in with what I have to do this morning. But I believe that your offering today will speak for someone. 
your sacrifice this morning will open a new chapter financially for you. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. We establish the fact that God delights in offerings. Somebody say God delights in offerings. Number two, God demands offerings. Somebody say, God demands offerings. Say, God demands offerings. He says, a gift and it shall be given unto you. So, God demands offerings. Number three, we said, God responds to offerings. Somebody say, God responds to offerings. May he respond to your offering today. May he respond to your sacrifice today. May something that has never been done in your life happen by reason of this offering. Give me a believing amen. amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Number three, we said God rates our offerings. Somebody say God rates our offerings. Our say he rates our offerings. Rate our the offerings we bring to God, he rates them. And then number five, God rewards our offerings. Somebody say God rewards our offerings. Rewards our offerings. Say it aloud, God rewards my offerings. Say, God rewards my offerings. And then, of course, we said that God, the offerings we give to God must not always be private. They must not always be private. So, don't feel ashamed. Don't do any secret giving. This one is not secret giving. Yeah. Write your name if it is for you and your wife. Write your name. My own. My wife has traveled. This is our seat. Yeah. Two items that God put on her heart to pay for. So if it's you and your wife, write your name. But if it's you alone, do so. Write your name. You are not giving to me, you are giving to God. Amen. 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 But in this service, I want to focus on eight amazing rewards a precious offering can bring into your life. Eight amazing rewards. Somebody say eight amazing rewards. Eight amazing rewards. Eight amazing rewards. The Bible says in Psalm 1 to 6, verse 5 to 6, He said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So it just establishes the fact that seed, time, and harvest. Once you plant a seed, a harvest must show up. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. It just guarantees the fact that once you plant a seed, there must automatically be a harvest. And this particular seed will speak for you. Amen. I said, it shall speak for you. Amen. He said, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Number one, the first time an offering was given, God responded. He so touched the heart of God and God did something that you would have thought it was impossible for him to do. Praise God. Come with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 8, sorry. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 21. Now, even if God could do this, while I was meditating and preparing, if God could do this, God who doesn't change, God whose purposes, he said, I am the Lord, as I have spoken, so it shall be. My counsel is that which shall stand. God speaks like that. And yet, when a quality offering was presented before him, God reacted in a particular way. Now, he said, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast. Somebody say, every clean beast. 
and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Look at verse 22. Let's read it together. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, May your offering cause a voice to be spoken from the heavens. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. When he dropped the offering, it reached heaven. Now listen, it was a burnt offering. Burnt offering in the Bible times were offerings that they offered, burnt it. Some of them were completely burnt into ashes unto the Lord. A sweet Sabbath there is the same word that we see in Philippians when Paul was speaking. In Philippians chapter 4, give me Philippians chapter 4. We'll come back to here to finish it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. Philippians 4, 18 and 19. He said, I have all I abound. Have you seen a sweet smelling aroma? Can you see that? He said, a sweet, an odor of a sweet smell. An odor of a sweet smell. So we can put money on the altar. It goes before God as a sweet smell. Praise God. When you look at the context that this scripture was given, it was not an offering. In Noah's case, he burnt offerings and then they ascended. In the case of the Philippians, they brought offerings to the feet of Apostle Paul. And he said, the offering you have brought is an order of a sweet smell. A sacrifice acceptable. Well, pleasing to God. Then the rest follows. Take me back there. He says, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again. Somebody say, I will not again. Say, I will not again. Say, I will not again. I don't know whatever is recurrent in your life. But by this offering and on this prophetic Sunday, I declare that it shall not again. In the name of Jesus. By that offering, that season of cyclical failure is not again. That season where you miss your menses, when you should carry seed, that season is over. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He says, I will not again. I will not again. I will not again. I will not again. I will not again curse the ground again anymore for man's sake. Praise God. By this offering, there is something that henceforth shall never be stopped again regardless of whatever happens. He said, I will not again. The offering dropped God spoke and said, I will not again. Now, that, that looks like reverser of a negative degree for me. Does God change his mind under certain conditions? That's what we are seeing here. Under certain conditions. Under certain conditions. He said, I will not again. I will not again. Now, you remember, the reason why he was saying he will not again, because uh, when Adam sinned, that was where the first case was introduced. And then, when the sins of men also began to continue, give me Genesis chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. God saw that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. Verse 3. And the Lord said, my spirit will not always strive with man. For he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 4. 
Then there were the giants in those days. And also after the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were renowned. Go to verse number five. And God saw the wickedness of man was great. The first wicked act man did unto God was when God decorated a garden, put man inside and said, man, be obedient to me. Show me gratitude. Submit to my authority. A man defied it and did what he pleased. The second time was when the wickedness of man has so heightened and got into a place God could no longer endure it. Then he says that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Verse 6. And it repented the law. Somebody say he repented the law. Uh-huh. So there was a reversal. God regretted having made man. But upon a sacrifice and took a decision that was not in the best interest of man. Took a permanent decision that was not going to anew to the benefit of man. But an offering was raised. And the Bible said, God said, I will not again. Now listen, if God who speaks and he stands, if God who says whatever I decree, that's why it shall stand. If God whose ordinances and counsel always remain the same can speak and revoke whatever he has said. How much more when an evil man or an evil personality speaks something over your life? Listen, there are some of us, certain words have been decreed over our lives and it looks like it keeps haunting us again and again. But I declare that on this special day, on this very day, as this offering is raised, that decree is reversed. In the name of Jesus. Every negative decree, every negative verdict that has been pronounced, whether you caused it or you didn't cause it, every negative pronouncement against your life, against your family, against your children, against your marriage, as a prophet of God standing on this exalted altar today, I decree it is permanently revoked. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will not again. Number two is supernatural fruitfulness. Somebody say supernatural fruitfulness. You see, God said that be fruitful and multiply is a commandment to everybody. One of the blessings God put on man was the blessing of fruitfulness. Be fruitful and multiply. But you realize that fruitfulness does not come easily to everybody. I said fruitfulness doesn't come easily to what? Everybody. It doesn't come easily to everybody. It doesn't come easily to everybody. That's where supernatural fruitfulness becomes a necessity. Supernatural fruitfulness is when by natural standards and medical reasons, you are cleared off to be fruitful and yet you are not fruitful. Sometimes you are doing a business. All the things you have learned in business school, in seminars to do, you are doing them, but you still know the seat of. You need supernatural fruitfulness. Somebody say supernatural fruitfulness. Supernatural fruitfulness. Now come to Genesis chapter 8 verse 1. The Bible says, and the Lord appeared. Now look at this. I like this scripture so much. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mameh. And he sat in the tent in the heat of the day. Now listen. The Lord appeared. So you would expect that some gargantuan personality appeared. But look at how God appeared. Verse 2. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood. 
How did God appear in the form of three men? May your eyes be open when your visitation comes. How did God appear? Three men. Three men. And they stood. And when he saw them, he knew that that was God. He ran to meet them from the tent and bowed himself toward the ground. Verse 3. And said, Lo, I call Shagaba. I believe that was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They appeared. You see, when you read the Old Testament, any time an angel appeared before men and man attempted to bow, the angels will always resist. Angels are not objects of worship. Angels are not to be worshipped at all. Just like human beings, we are not to be worshipped. Praise God. But when Abraham bowed, we are not told that the three men told him to stop. They took it in and said, he said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Now, please take note. There was a prophetic word that had already gone ahead concerning Abraham. That he will be a mighty nation. But he had been walking about from chapter 12 all the way to 18 and there was no manifestation. He said, let a little water. Somebody say a little water. He said, let a little water, I pray you be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Go to verse, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after which you shall pass on, for there are ye come to your servant. And they said, so, so do, as thou hast said. Now look at verse 6. And Abraham hastened. Now at this time we are talking, this man is not a 16 year old. We are not talking about a 25-year-old man trying to run errands. This is an old man here at this time of his life. Now, the Bible says, Abraham hastened unto the tent, unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures. May God give you a good wife. Amen. I said, May God give you a good wife. Amen. You have a dangerous wife. When you have it's an opportunity to sow seed, and he tells you, he gives you the list of things you need in the family. That's a very dangerous wife. That's a very dangerous wife. A wife that will not take you far. Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the heath. And Abraham ran unto the head and fed a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hastened to dress it. Verse 8. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. What hospitality is this? People he has never met, but he could perceive that God was with him. Look at verse 9. And they said to him, where is thy Sarah thy wife? Did you see that? Did you see that? At what time did they ask where is Sarah thy wife? After they... After the, a lot of us just think that prophetic utterances are just, they just come. They are provoked by certain acts. Praise God. They are provoked. They are provoked. They are provoked. After they ate, they said, where is Sarah? Now, look at verse number, behold, she's in the tent, verse 10. He says, and she said, I will certainly return. This is a short prophetic word. And God is certainly saying the same to you, someone in the sense. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tent, which was behind him. 
Look at verse 11. And Abraham, now Abraham and Sarah, I told you they were very old. Very old and well stricken in age. And he ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So there was no blood flow at all. No blood flow. So even when she took seed or not, she couldn't tell. No blood flow. Look, verse number 12. <laughs> Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. Said, after I was old, shall I have pleasure? And my Lord being old also. No activity was going on. But without any activity, God intervened. Hear me. As you bring your sacrifice today in faith, as you bring your sacrifice, valuable, precious sacrifice to God in faith today, I decree that between now and nine months from today, Anyone believing God for the fruit of a womb. In our midst here, I decree your womb open. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every demonic utterance, every demonic resistance, I curse it and I command it to revolt. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Supernatural fruitfulness. Again, we see the same thing. Now, you must understand that it is yours. You see? In the New Testament, God has blessed us. Somebody say, God has blessed us. <laughs> so sometimes, people don't teach it well, and they say, we don't have to do anything to be blessed. We are already blessed. That's true. You see, God has blessed us, but there are things we, we do to provoke the blessing. Unlock the blessing in your life. The Bible says, behold, I give you keys of the kingdom. So there are things that are ours in the kingdom, and we need to know how we can unlock them. Giving is one of those vital keys for unlocking supernatural blessings. Give it. You can confess, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And you die broke. You don't, you don't confess it to become it. The confession should give way to practice. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. Second Kings 4 8. The Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunam, where it was where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat. And so it was as often as he passed by. He turned in hither to eat bread. That was not much. This was a great woman. Food was not a problem. It was not a major sacrifice. So every time, Elijah, he just told Elijah, every day if you want lunch, I have a big restaurant in town. Just pass there, eat and go. And Elijah was eating and eating and passing by, eating and passing by, eating and passing by. But the woman shifted her sacrifice to another level. And she said unto the husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passed by us continually. So this continued for a long time. <laughs> Look, let us make a little chamber. Somebody say a little chamber. A little chamber. You see, they, they felt they were making a chamber for the man. But they didn't know they were making room for conception. Am I communicating here? When they made the chamber, her womb was also supernaturally open. When they were making the chamber, when they were making, they didn't know it was in their best interest. The Bible says, I pray thee on the wall, let us set for him there a bed and a table, a steady table, and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us. That he shall turn it either. So he's not coming to eat and go. Now we want him to stay. Let's build a house for him. And the Bible said, and he felt that he came to eat and he turned into the chamber and lay there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and he said to Gehazi, it's just like the same thing. It's as if angel, the angels that appear in Genesis and this one, where they, they knew this, they are writing the same script. He said, he said to Gehazi, call this Shunammite for me. And he called her and she stood before him. He says, send now unto her. Behold, thou hast been careful with us with all this care. What is it to be done for you? With this, thou be spoken for to the king and to the captain of the host. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Verse 14. And he said, what then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi said, verily she has no child and her husband is old. We are talking about supernatural fruitfulness. Somebody say supernatural fruitfulness. Say supernatural fruitfulness. Say supernatural fruitfulness. Then he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, verse 16. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life. Do you remember according to the time of life? Do you remember that in Genesis? According to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. Listen, your sacrifice this morning will open closed womb. In the name of Jesus. Some of you, we are not talking about physical fruitfulness. You are not, in fact, if you want to even bring forth extra children, it will be a burden. Some of you, is financial fruitfulness. I declare to you that by your seed, a new chapter, the biggest and the strangest chapter, financially is opening for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Please take your seat. New chapter. Thou shalt embrace a son. Number three is generational blessings. Somebody say generational blessings. Say generational blessings. Say generational blessings. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 1, the Bible said, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham! And he said, Here I am. Verse 2. He says, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love and go to the land. Last week, I told you about the, the kind of offering that provokes sins. Praise God. Not just say anything. Not what you can do without. Not that which doesn't touch any part of your body. Offering that makes virtue leave you. That is the kind of venison that brings a turn around in people's lives. Take him. Go on to a mountain which I will show you. And offer him there as a burnt offering. On one of those mountains which I tell thee of. Go to verse 22. Chapter 22 verse 15 and 18. 15 and 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time. Out of heaven. Verse 16. And said. By myself. I have sworn. Somebody say I have sworn. sworn. (laughs) The Bible says swear not. Neither by the heavens. Because it is God's throne. Neither by the earth because it is his footstool. But when God begins to swear, because there's nobody greater, greater than you. Among all the gods, in fact, there's no God who can compete with him in anything. But by the time he's swearing, he's not swearing to prove that he's faithful. He's swearing so that you, you clear every shadow of doubt that what he's saying is about to do it. I'm not communicating somebody. That's what God, he said, by myself I have shown. Because you have done this thing. What have you done? Offered that which is precious to you. You have not withheld your son, your only son, whom thou loveth. Look at that, verse 17. That in blessing, I will what? Say in blessing. Say in blessing. 
Say it aloud. In blessing. He said in blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed. As a son on the seashore. And verse 18. In, in thy seed. Somebody say in thy seed. Say in thy seed. Say in thy seed. So he's not just talking about Abraham was blessed. But much more was his seed. I said Abraham was what? But much more was the seed of Abraham. And true greatness is greatness that outlives you. Praise God. If you are great, you were the greatest. Your children became greater. And the last one, your grandchildren became great. You are a failure. Praise God. True greatness begins with the father. It continues. You become great. Your children become greater. And then your children after you become the greatest of all. I see you coming into that dimension of favor. I see you coming into that dimension of blessing. Give me a believing amen. amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Psalm 112 verse 1 to 5. He said, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord. That delighted greatly in his commandment. He said, he seed. Somebody say, he seed. Oh, shouted, he seed. Your seed shall be mighty upon the earth. I said, your seed shall be mighty upon the earth. You may not have been married, but your seed shall be mighty. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, your seed shall be mighty. Then he said, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now look at the kind of blessing he's talking about. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. You will not be poor. I said you will not be poor. Your children will not be poor. Your children's children will not be poor. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Give me a believing amen. Of course, number four is supernatural favor. Supernatural favor. Somebody say supernatural favor. Say supernatural favor. Supernatural favor. <laughs> First Kings chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. The Bible says, And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was a great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. A thousand burnt offerings. You know, this occasion was like when Otuvor came to the throne about 20 years ago, and the instrument, right? It was just an instrument. And you know, when they are doing these things, they do a lot of rituals and offer a lot of sacrifices. But during Solomon's day, by the requirement of the law, one offering was okay. One sacrifice was okay. But the Bible said he came there and offered one, two, three, four, five, six. Counted all the way to thousand. Ten would have been enough. Hundred would be too much. But thousand was super too much. That was the thing that attracted God to him. Look at verse 4. The Bible says he offered it on the altar. Verse 5. And in Gibeon. Somebody say in Gibeon. Say in Gibeon. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. By night. By your offering today may you provoke an unusual encounter. May God wake you up in the dream of the night and show you what to do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some of you, God will show you in a dream. Apply here. When you get there, you get the job. Apply here. When you get there, you get the promotion. 
apply here. When you get there, you get the visa. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Verse number three. Go to verse five, please. Verse five. In Gibeon, God appeared unto him and said, Ask what I shall give thee. This is not favor. This is not favor. Because this can be very uh, temptuous. What I shall give thee. What of if Solomon had asked for God's throne? This is not the favor. It's, in fact, it's the first phase of the favor. Let me put it as the first phase. Because for, God, for a king to ask you what you want, usually whatever they give you, you accept and you thank them and you go. But he said, ask what I shall give thee. If you want twins, say I want twins. Yeah. Ask what I will give you. Ask. <laughs> now, that was it. Now go to verse number nine. Verse number nine. He says, give therefore. Now, so this is when Solomon is asking what God wanted, what he wanted. This is what he wanted. Give therefore thy servant an understanding how to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is this who is able to judge this thy so great people? This is what he asked for. Now go to verse number 12 and 13. So, behold, I have done according to thy words. When you lift up your voice, before you bring your offering in asking, may God hear according to your voice. May God hear according to your voice. May the heavens be open for you today. He says, I have done according to thy words. Now, this is where the favor comes in. And lo, I have given thee wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, nor shall there be any after thee. Now see the favor. Verse 13. And I have also, you see, favor is not asking before you receive. Favor is getting what you didn't even ask for. He said, and I have also given thee that which you cannot ask for. He said, I have given thee what? Both riches, honor, so that there shall not be any more among the kings like unto thee. All thy days, may this offering today bring you into an unusual realm of favor. Unusual realm of favor. Unusual realm of favor. Unusual realm of favor. And this favor, I'm not talking about long-term favor. I'm talking about favor that is hitting you from this month. It is hitting you from this month. It's hitting you from this month. Favor makes all the difference. There are very beautiful women. Nobody even tells them, you look good. Bible said, he that findeth a wife. Findeth a good thing and obtains favor. The favor for every single person desires to be married here. To marry a year by this time, receive that favor. Receive that favor. Receive that favor. When the angel visited Mary, who was believing him for a child or a fruit of the womb, he said, blessed be thou, highly favored one. So favor can also open the door for miraculous conceptions. I decree supernatural favor hit someone. May supernatural favor hit you now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Of course, number five, supernatural supplies. 
Somebody say supernatural supplies. Say supernatural supplies. When we talk about supernatural supplies, we are talking about supplies unending. Supplies what? Unending. Supplies. Some of us, the lives we live every time our pockets run dry, then some space will come before money will enter. But I decree that you are coming into a realm of supernatural supplies. Supernatural supplies. Supernatural supplies. Supernatural supplies. I prophesy supernatural supplies upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about natural supplies. Let me show you the difference. When you are paid at the end of the month, that's not supernatural supply. That's natural supply. You don't, without praying about it, it will come. But as you have finished your service, and you are home, and you are here to find a job, when God begins to bring you money, more than what you are receiving as a national service allowance, that's supernatural supply. And I pray that in this season, God will bring you into that realm. In the mighty name of Jesus. Supernatural supplies. Supernatural supplies. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, then Elijah said to her, then the Lord said to Elijah, go, verse 9, verse 9, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed the widow there to feed thee. Verse 10, he says, so he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? Verse 11, he says, and as she was going to get it, he called, bring me a bite of bread too. Verse 12, then he says, I swear by the Lord God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I, just, I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I would die. And I told you a couple of weeks ago, why eat and die when you can give and leave? Why eat and die when you can give and leave? But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you have asked. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord says. The Lord God of Israel. There will always be. Somebody said there will always be. That's supernatural supply. There will always be. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Those of you who have finished this national service, I prophesy there will always be for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, your mindset is very important. There are people who think that as long as they are not working, by the way, God is supposed to give you a job. So if he has not given you a job, for you to draw your natural income from there. He must sustain you supernaturally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, you need to understand that. There are some people, their mindset is that as long as I'm not uh, on a payroll somewhere, I cannot be receiving. But it's your mindset. It's your mindset. God is the one who is supposed to give you a job. Lord, if you have not given me a job, everything I need is on you. Everything I need is on you. He says, the Lord will send rain. And the crops will grow. But until the rain comes and the crops grow, there will always be. I declare in this season, there will always be for you. Amen. There will always be money in your pocket. Amen. 
there will always be people in your shop. There will always be people ordering for stuff from you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Welcome into the always dimension. Always dimension. Always dimension of favor. Always dimension of supplies. In the name of Jesus. There will always be. Always be. May your office, may there always be increased for you. There are people in their office every month beside their salary, there is always money in their hand. Somewhere, somehow, somebody will bring them money. They are no more than you. I speak the favor for you to always receive. Always receive. From now to the end of the year, you always receive. You will always receive. It shall not be said you went to the shop and there was no purchase. Every day, every season, every week, as we enter this new quarter, and as we enter this remainder half of the year, I decree that there will always be for you. There will always be for you. There will always be for you. Shout a believing amen. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. My God. Somebody say, my God. God. Shouted, my God. God. Shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. The other day, God says, the curse I pronounce it, I have revoked it. Did you see that? That's one of the things that offerings can do. It revokes curses. It revokes what? Curses. Now listen, as for you, the new creation, Anybody who curses you really has challenge. <laughs> because you see, you, you are not, not only are you not supposed to be cursed, but the people who attempt to curse you, they bring trouble on themselves. They bring trouble on themselves. One of the things you need to understand about who you are in Christ is that when somebody opens his mouth to curse you, thank God for, his, for your life. And then begin to pity that person. God said, I will no longer curse the ground for thy sake. There are some people who have spoken certain things. Do you remember what he said? No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue, when do they used to curse? Tongue. Every tongue that rises against you, in judgment, you shall condemn it. When God called for a curse and an offering was raised, he reversed the curse. Now, what of if a human being puts a curse on it? That one, God will just nullify it. That's why by your offering, every curse is neutralized. In the name of Jesus. Whether it was caused by a family member or a sin you did, whatever it is, I see those curses nullified. I see them neutralized. In the name of Jesus. Now, let me see you. When David, the other day, Satan entered David and he made him to do something he was not supposed to do. This is something he was not supposed to do. Satan provoked him. I like that scripture. He, he, he provoked him to do something he was not supposed to do. And God has already declared that if you went this way, something was going to happen. That was when David raised an altar. Come to 2 Samuel chapter 24. God had told the children of Israel that I'm your defense. Never have any gods about, uh, 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 apart from me. So they were not supposed to count 
army people in Israel because God was their warrior. But David decided to count them and God got angry. David, are you now telling me that your strength is now in the number of soldiers you have? David, that is the very wrong thing you have done. And because of that act, all manner of plagues began to happen. All manner of things. And there are times where, though God forgives us when we sin, sometimes because we have not been taught properly or we don't understand God very well, we think that maybe certain things are happening in our lives, like we saw in a drama, that God is doing them to punish us. Listen, the principal way God disciplines us is through his word. Praise God. I say through what? His word. When you don't obey the word of God and negative things happen in your life, it's because you have walked in disobedience. That's why Satan is making those things happen. It's not God. Are you hearing me? Because the Bible says God is kind to the just and the unjust. Sometimes we have a very bad picture about God. And it's, it's due to wrong teaching. That's why I told you I'll be teaching you on who you are and what your relationship is like with God. God looks at the things we do and he blesses us in return. But there are things that he has set out in scripture. When we don't obey them, it brings certain consequences in their lives. And it's not necessarily coming from God at all. It gives Satan, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give place. Somebody say, don't give place. There are people whose attitude and behavior, they give place to the devil. Then Satan begins to torment them. Then they say, it's God. It's not God. It's not God. David. And then the Bible says people were dying. Everywhere people were dying. Then David went to God. And they told him, offer a sacrifice. Verse 24. 24. Verse 24. Then the king said to Aruna, I will surely buy it of thee. This was when he was going to offer the sacrifice. And then somebody said, you know what? I'm going to give it to you free so that you take it and offer. David said, no. What I'm dealing with, I must pay a price for it. I will offer the sacrifice by myself. Verse 25. He said, I will give nothing to God that cost me. Go back. Go back to 24. I will give nothing to God that cost me nothing. Go back to 24, please. I will not offer anything to God which do cost me nothing. So David brought, bought the threshing floor and the ozen for 50 shekels of silver. Verse 25. Look at it. And David built an altar. May your sacrifice raise an altar for you. Amen. I said, may it raise an altar for you. Amen. And offered burnt offerings and peace offerings so that the Lord was entreated. And the plague was stayed from Israel. Any satanic plague in your life. Any satanic plague in your life. Any satanic plague in your life. If I be a servant anointed and called of God. Any satanic plague. I curse it revoked. In the name of Jesus. As your seed drops on the altar. I see that curse revoked. In the name of Jesus. It's a new season for you. That plague is terminated. That plague is terminated. That plague is terminated. That plague is terminated. In the name of Jesus. Please take your seats. And then of course. It guarantees. Supernatural preservation. And long life. Somebody say long life. Say long life. I realize that there are some people. When they die they can easily be buried. 
But there are those who when they die, by reason of their covenant, walk with God. God brings them back to life. And the Bible says with long life. Somebody say with long life. Say I have a covenant of long life. Every child of God belongs to an order of long life. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Look at Joe, uh, David. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 28. And he died in a good old age. That's how you go. Amen. Your amen is very sick. Amen. Your amen is very, very sick. He, said he died in a good old age, full of age. Riches and honor, and Solomon is son reigned in his stead. Do you know how this happened? Come with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 and 3. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest around about all his enemies. Verse 2. This is where it started. Then the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in the house of Cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within tents. And Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in the heart, for the Lord is with you. So David decides he's going to build a temple at, a, um, at some gargantuan amount for God. Now go to verse 12 and 13. Oh, Kabo Sakaba. God said, David, because of this thing you have in your heart, I'm going to shock you. Now, he says, when thy days be fulfilled. Did you see that his days were fulfilled? Did you see that his days were fulfilled? By reason of that utterance, God says, when thy days are fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. You will sleep. Amen. I say, when you are dying, you will sleep. Oh, Amen. Accident minus you. Amen. Plane crash minus you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He says, you will sleep with your fathers. Sleep with your fathers. I will set up a seed after you. We shall proceed out of thy bowels and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13. He says, he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Now look at how this thing practically became a, a, an act in the life of Dorcas. Dorcas, Dorcas, Dorcas. Sacrificial giver. Give me Acts, Acts chapter 9, verse yeah, 36. Amplify. Now there was... A certain disciple, woman named Arimak, which means Dorcas, she was abounding in good deeds and out of what? Charity. Libra. And at that time, by the time she fell sick and died, and when they had cleansed her, they laid her, upper, her in the upper room. First, since Lada was near Joppa, however, the disciples hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, begging him, do come to us without delay. Verse 39. So Peter immediately rose and accompanied. And when he had arrived, they too came to the upper room. All widows stood around him, crying and displaying. Somebody say display. display. They had something to display. They looked at a dead body. They said, God, if you are going to carry this one away, carry us away. Because when she dies, we are gone. We are alive because she's alive. Am I communicating here? Now listen, these were ordinary beings. Your sacrifice is keeping the church of God alive. Your sacrifice is making sure that the work of God goes on. Now, they said that when she dies, we are gone. But for you, what you are doing today is setting the stage so others can hear the gospel and be imparted by it. Your cause for giving is much greater and better than them. And that's why I see God stepping for you. In the name of Jesus, long life shall be your testimony. 
You won't die in the prime of life. Don't worry. Sometimes it, it saddens me when people have dreams and they are troubled. The worst of it all is when certain people come and tell them, I saw you. They don't see themselves. They saw you. And you believe them. Look at what Peter came. Peter put them all out. And she spoke to her. Come back to life. And she came back to life. By your offering, anything dead in your life is coming back to life. Anything dead is coming back to life. Your marriage that is dead is coming back to life. Your finances dead is coming back to life. Your children dead are coming back to life. Your health dead is coming back to life. In the name of Jesus. Finally, a precious offering serves as a memorial of you before God. Somebody say a memorial. Say a memorial. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. A memorial is what God looks at to remember you every time. This is your sacrifice. God will look at to remember you. Amen. I said God will look at it to remember you. Amen. The Bible said there was a certain man in Caesarea which was called Cornelius, centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man, one who feared God with all his house, which gave much arms to people and prayed to God always. Verse 3. Huh? He saw in the vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, he says, and he looked up and he said, what is it? He said, thy prayers. Somebody say, thy prayers. And thy prayers and thy are what? Come up for a memorial. Praise God. May your memorial be before God. May this offering leave a memorial of you before God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May he leave a very positive memorial of you before God. May he leave a very positive memorial of you before God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Matthew 26 verse 13 and I close. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever, Matthew 26 verse 13, 12 and 13. For in that she had poured an ointment on my body. Somebody say my body. Uh The body of Jesus refers to the church of Christ. So whatever we do or we give for the church always comes before God as a memorial. Poured it and he's done it for my burial. This time we are not burying the body. The body is a living body. Now he says, now wait. That which was poured on a dead body it's a memorial. Okay? How much more that which is given to a living body? If that which was poured on a dead body ready to be buried was a memorial, how much more shall the things we do for the living body, which is the church? He says, for he's done it for my body. Verily I say, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman had done. Somebody say this, that this woman had done. Be told for a memorial of her. By your sacrifice today, a permanent memorial of you shall be before God. God will look at it to remember you. In this season, God will look at it to favor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every one of those items that shall be purchased with our seeds, God will look at it as a memorial. 
every time a song of praise is lifted through those instruments, God will be remembering you. Every time a microphone is lifted in praise of God, God will be remembering you. He will be remembering you to bless you. He will be remembering you to favor you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your seed, your offering, your precious offering. Package. It's already packaged. I said your name should be at the back. Put it in an envelope. Stand on your feet and lift it up unto God. Lift it up unto God. The dollar offering we have been talking about today is it. New chapters are opening for you. I said new chapters are opening for you. Lift it up. You see, everything is very prophetic. Everything happening is very, very prophetic. We live in a very prophetic season. Amazing. When I declared the new chapters, I didn't know that we would have to take an offering. And what an opportunity and pleasure it is. God talked about new chapters and is demanding for unique offerings. Lift it up unto God. Declare after me. By faith. That's very weak. By faith. I declare boldly that by my seed today new chapters are open for me. Financially new chapters. In my health New chapters in my marriage, new chapters in my job, new chapters in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by my seed, doors of favor open to me from today, from this month, in the name of Jesus. My offering comes before God as a memorial. My offering comes before God as a memorial by my offering, the memory of myself, the memory of my marriage, the memory of my children, the memory of my calling are permanently before God for good and not for evil. In the name of Jesus, by this offering, I declare every curse Every negative pronouncement against my life, against my family, against my children is revoked by this offering. I declare that today I'm offset into new dimensions of supernatural blessings, generational blessings. My children, my grandchildren, beginning with myself, shall never know poverty. In the name of Jesus. By this sacrificial seed, by this sacrificial seed, precious things are happening in my life. Precious things are happening in my life. Amazing things are happening in my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. New doors. New doors. New doors of favor. New doors of grace. New doors of abundance are opening to me. Beginning from today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Laboko sanga daboko takaliba handasa, linga doko segeleba handasa bra, liba loko tekaliba handa gasota bra, 
Lord, these seas represent different things for your people. The other day, just like Apostle Paul said, I prayed this same prayer for everyone represented here. In obedience to you, in love for your kingdom, in love for to see your work advance, they have brought these seeds. I pray that at their very specific area of need, exceed it, exceed it, exceed it, exceed it. For someone, this is for a miracle job. For someone, this is for a miracle child. For someone, this is for overdue promotion. For someone, this is for a turnaround. I decree that by this offering, everything is turning around for your people. For someone, this is representing a contract they are bidding for. For someone, this is representing new dimensions in their business. I declare as your prophet over your people today that every sacrifice shall answer. In the name of Jesus. 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 Every seed here shall speak according to everyone's desire and expectation. So it shall be in our lives. 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 Everything turns around for the good of your people. Everything. Everything. Everything around their lives. The same way you turn the captivity of Job around. Let every captivity represented here, in whatever shape or form, be turned around for the good of your people. In the name of Jesus. As your servant, I declare and decree that this offering opens new chapters for your people. This place being the headquarter church, I use it as a symbolic prophetic decree upon all our churches. As they all bring their offerings, sacrificial seeds for the purchase of instruments to the altar today, Accra, Kwamo, any other place, I decree that supernatural flow of finances will be their portion. In the name of Jesus. We have brought it in foreign currency. Yes, we reap in foreign currency. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. For some, this offering shall open doors of travel for Amen. them. It shall bring them international visas. Amen. It shall bring them international partners. Amen. It shall bring them international wives. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. International jobs. Amen. International jobs. Amen. International jobs. Amen. International contracts. Amen. I call them forth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So it shall be in your life. So it shall be in your life. So it shall be in your life. Let your enemy be loudest. Let your enemy be loudest. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victories. 
success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh.